Players are recorded live in-game. Audio quality may vary. The following episode contains adult themes and simulated role-play violence. Listener discretion is advised. Sonic Realms. Jet has made it back to her lodge under the bridge. She's stopped the bleeding from her gunshot wounds, but is still in enormous pain. Visions of death and destruction swirl around her mind, with the reoccurring theme of Kurt lying face down in the middle of the chop shop repeating over and over. Jet, I've got Kurt and Traeger. Where are you? Kurt's dead. I let him die. I don't know. We don't know that he's dead yet. We haven't hooked up a med kit. Where are you? I'm under my bridge, Hunter's Point. Go ahead and set up a ping on my comlink and I'll come find you. I see that the city is too crowded to move through without raising suspicion. I open a group call. Jet, there are too many people around. We can't come to you with him. I think I remember a building that's getting ready to be torn down. I think it's still there. Try. I'll send you the coordinates. It's in Hunter's Point. Do you think you can hang on to the back of the motorcycle? You guys, I don't know if I can make it to you. I think I have to use this medkit on myself. I'm sorry, Kurt. Go ahead and do it. We need to get to a. You gotta get to a secluded place so we can. so we can take care of him. You guys, there's too much blood. I can't even see the wound. I don't think I'm gonna be able to do this. Drager, we're going to need to pull over when you see a dark corner or something. Copy that. There's one... There's one a couple blocks away up on the left. Oh, all right. Let's do it. All right. Ez and Drager pull into a side street. Drager parks his car next to a dumpster in such a way that obscures the view of his car trunk from the main street. Here, the trunk... The trunk's open. I just popped it. Take a look. I get off the bike and look at Kurt and Drager to see what sort of shape they're in. How do you feel, Drager? <laughs> How do I look? Drager has managed to wipe away most of the blood from his face, but his clothes are still blotchy. He's leaning heavily on his car and is holding the side of his back. He looks pale, which is accentuating dark circles beneath his weary eyes. I take a look at Kurt assessing for his pulse. Kurt is crumpled up in the trunk his skin a waxy, pale shade of purple. Hez puts her finger on his neck, which feels cold and stiff. Drek. Drek! Are you going to be all right here alone if I go deal with Jet? How's Kurt? Tell me. Are you going to be- Yes, just tell me what Kurt is. <sighs> I struggle with what I want to tell Draker. There's nothing you can do to help him now. I have to get to Jet, then we have to get back to you, then we all have to get out of here. Okay. All right. You need I'll... to you need to sit in the car. You need to close the doors and you need to just Yep. Rest. Yep. Just go go take go take care of Jet. I'll uh I'll keep Kurt company. I get onto the bike and go to find Jet. Hez parks her bike beneath the bridge where Jet lives. 
I climb up to Jet's ledge and see what I can do for her. Jet looks pale. She looks up to Hez, dazed. Hez? Are you really here? Yes, Jet. I'm going to help you out, and it's going to be all right. I see Jet's med kit nearby, but it's covered in blood. She must have tried to use it on herself. I wipe it on some nearby rags and begin to use it. Hez begins to treat her gunshot wounds. She stops the bleeding, dresses the wound with nano-mesh gauze to help the blood clot and seal, then ties a tourniquet around the more severe wound. How are you doing? Was I hit by a truck? Is the bullet still inside of me? Is the truck still inside of me? We are going to have to address this further, but Drager is in a bad way. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm going to have to leave you here. I have to go to tend to him. Are you going to be all right for a little while? Yeah. Leave the med kit. I'll try to do some work on myself. I, it, I don't know that Drager has one. I'm going to have to bring this with me. Yeah, go on. I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna take a rest. With grave misgivings, I leave to Tangeline and head back to Drager. Hez arrives where she left Drager. She parks the bike and looks inside the car. Drager is in the passenger seat, eyes closed, not moving. Drager! Drager! I run over and check Drager's vitals. Hez finds a pulse. I begin working on the life wound. Drager awakens, feeling a constricting tightness around his torso, along with searing pain in the side of his back. How do you feel, Drager? A little better. Do you think you can drive safely? Uh, I can drive slowly. I don't know about safely. I called you to Angeline. I'm getting no response. We'll have to go to the construction site anyway to try to sort all this out. All right, you lead the way. I'll stay on your tail once you get going. All right. I head to the construction site. I find a dark spot to park the motorcycle. I see the fence, get out my mini torch, and open a space wide enough for me to shuffle through. I go back to Drager's car, open the trunk, and grab Kurt out. Let's get in there where we're under some cover and see what we can do about all this. Okay. I can I can walk if you can if you can carry Kurt over there. I've got him. All right. Moving past the hard hat warning signs and inside the fence, scaffolding and drifting plastic surround a partially burned building. There are piles of rubble all around and what looks like some heavy machinery under tarps. They enter the building through a doorless doorway. The dusty interior catches shafts of light pouring through holes and cracks in the building. Hez puts Kurt down in the middle of a room within a wide shaft of light. Uh, Hez, Hez, did you hear that? There's, there's something in here. I turn toward a shadow in the corner of my eye. Hez catches a glimpse of what looks like a face, mostly in darkness. She thinks she can see strings of hair faintly catching some light. I know you're there. We're not here to hurt you. Just come out. Hez leans close to Drager. Get your gun ready. Copy that. I draw my Ruger, slowly, and point it at the doorway. I draw my gun. All right, Drager. I'm going to keep an eye on this. 
All right. You go check on Gollum back there, and I'll check on Kurt. I think it's best if I stay here. I'll just keep an eye out to make sure we are not entertaining any company. Copy. I shuffle over to Kurt. Touch his forehead and his wrist. <sighs> uh, well, as you were, you were right, he, he's gone. Kurt's gone. I stay silent, trying to quiet my rage. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, I don't, um, I don't have a lot of friends. And, uh, he was, he was probably one of the closest I've had in a while. Besides, you know, you and, and you and Jet, but I'm going to miss him. <sighs> oh, it's, <laughs> I don't know. He was just this, he was lost and I don't know. I kind of liked the guy. He was like a, he was like a blank canvas kind of, you know, like everything was new to him all the time. It, uh, it made the world a little bit different for me. Drek, Draeger, Drek. I go to Draeger and put my arm around him, being careful to keep the gun trained on the door. We're going to be all right. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. I stifle my anger at them all going there alone. I'm so, I'm so tired, as I just want to, I just want to sleep. Don't hurt me. Pez and Draeger look up at the doorway to see the face has returned, half hiding behind the doorway, but more clearly in the light. Its skin is in tatters and its lips are curled, revealing brown, irregular teeth. It looks like an animated corpse with eyes that are clouded and pale. It's wearing a combination of filthy brown ripped business suit and olive green drapes of something that used to be a robe. Come on out. Come on out. I lower my gun. A gnarled hand grips the doorway. It walks out, stooped over with its rotting hands in the air. I mean you no harm. I'm not too far gone. I'm in control. I'm in control. What are you talking about? As he steps into the room, they can see that this man matches the description of someone with the human metahuman vampiric virus, or HMHVV, who is slowly turning into a ghoul. He can pass along the virus with nothing more than a touch. How far along are you? from the shadows. This, this is where I live. Sometimes there are homeless people who come in here and, and I don't want to eat them, but it's the only thing that makes the hunger go away. You guys came here. You guys came to where I live. I think this building is being destroyed soon, but for now, this is, this is all I have. Why did you come out of hiding just now? I have nowhere else to go. 
All the other exits are boarded up. Well, go ahead. We'll let you pass as long as you don't give us any trouble. What? What's happening here? What's wrong with your friend? Ralph looks at Kurt, longingly. I trained my gun on him. He's in a bad way, but he'll be fine. So will you if you keep on going. Ralph looks back up to Hez. I don't think your friend will be okay. You're right. He's not gonna be okay. He's also not a snack either. So, if you want to hold on to whatever kind of life you have left, you'll walk out. And if not, let us know now, and we will help you to commit suicide. Or that. I'm not... I'm not crazy. I'm not too far gone yet. And I know you guys wouldn't come to this abandoned building with a dead friend if you weren't in a bad way, too. I'm just saying, it doesn't look like you're going to be ordering up a funeral for your friend here. I heard what you said. You guys are in a tough spot, and so am I. I'm not proud of what I am, but maybe, maybe we can help each other out. Oh, track. That's pretty sick, man. Let me, uh, <clears throat> can I sum up what you're, uh, you're getting at here, Ralph? You want to eat my friend, my dead friend. You want to eat him, is that right? Stay calm. It's kind of difficult to stay calm right now when this thing wants to eat our recently deceased friend. He can't help it. It's his disease. <sighs> Just go. We're not going to agree to this. Ralph looks again to Kurt's body and licks his lips. Ralph, Ralph, I'll give you a deal, all right? There's a chop shop not too far from here with a whole lot of food. It's a buffet, man. I can give you the directions if you want. And you can just leave us be. All right? Is that a deal? Chop shop sounds like it's in a populated area. <coughs> I don't do well in populated areas. Just uh, look, I can get you food, all right? Just not now and not him, okay? Look, I've got this place saved in my, uh, my wristband, all right? I can come back here at any time. I got a car. I can, I can bring you back whatever kind of meal you need, all right? Just not here and not right now. Is that a deal? Very well. Ralph walks to the corner of the room and sits down, bringing his knees to his chest and hugging them gently, rocking back and forth. He glances at Hez and Drager occasionally, but mostly keeps his eyes on Kurt. We're going to have to get out of here. Yep. Keep your gun trained on him. I'll grab Kurt. We'll find somewhere to bury him. Copy. I keep my hand and steady on my Ruger pointing at Ralph. I have a calm link. If you mean what you say and can tell me where food is, or you can bring me some, we can trade information. All right, Ralph. Let's keep in touch, okay? I know you're in a rough spot. We're in a rough spot. But there's no reason for us to make our lives worse right now. You, uh, you showed up at an interesting time. But considering you got a lot of your brain left in that head of yours, 
and you're not completely turned, I, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you know whenever there's fresh food available. Deal? Yes, deal. Still holding the Ruger, Drager gets his comlink out and links up to Ralph's, trading contact information. Drager then backs out of the building with Hez. Ralph watches them go, but otherwise doesn't move. They get into the car, open the trunk, and deposit Kurt inside. I pause. Where are we going to bring him? I got no idea. Uh, I've heard rumors that the soil in Bakersfield will eat corpses. It's a little gruesome, but it gives him a proper burial, and it doesn't make it likely that we'll be found out. You, you wanna you wanna put Kurt's body in a toxic soup pond? It's simply quicker than putting him in the earth. Has uh, 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 I can dig a hole and put him in it in a lot less than five hours. Ten, because we gotta get back, right? All right. Do you have an idea where we could do that? If if I could if I could bury him on a hillside somewhere that overlooks the city, I'd be fine. I just don't want him found. No, I don't want him found either. You and I are in agreement on that. But I don't want to dissolve his body into nothing. I want to plant him somewhere, you know? All right. If you've got a spot, I'll go with you and help. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I got a... I got a, uh, I got a vista in mind. Bernal Heights. We can put him up there. Where are you thinking in Bernal Heights? There's a park with a hill on it. It's, it's flat, it's wide open. We'd have to dig quite a deep hole to safely put him there. You don't think they're going to notice disrupted soil? I mean, yeah. Look, he's not gonna get any deader, right? Jet and I are hurting pretty bad. So, if we rest up somewhere, if we go back to her bridge and take a powder, get our strength back, Wait until nightfall, then we can put him to rest. What do you think? I will do that with you. Thank you, thank you. Where do we stash the car? I take a moment to think of where we could store the car, where it might be safe. How about a parking garage? Let's park this car there and I'll take you to your home. All right, I'll follow you. Hez helps Drager up the final flights of stairs to his apartment. Drager slides his key and opens the door. Inside, the drones and BTLs are all right where they left them, amongst piles and piles of clothes and rubbish. I stand in the doorway of my apartment, looking around at all the contraband, and my eyes land on Kurt's bedroll. And I just stare at it. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, thanks, uh, thanks, Hez. We gotta take care of all this gear at some point, too. But, uh, I'm gonna sleep. You contact me when you're ready to go out and do this. I don't know if Jet can help or not, or what state she's gonna be in, but I know you got, you got things to take care of yourself. So, uh, be careful leaving the building. And, uh, yeah, just reach out on the comm when you're ready to ready to bury Kurt. Are... 
Are you... are you going to be all right? No. <laughs> no. No, I'm not gonna be all right. I'll be better once he's in the ground and he's got a little peace. Until then, no, I'm not gonna be okay. But thanks for asking anyway. I'm sorry I can't stay here with you. I... I know. I'll sleep. I'll sleep it off. You do what you do. Hey, and contact me later. Thank you, Hez, for everything. I head towards the door, look behind me at Draeger again, and leave. I head back home to check on my children. Drager is played by Marcus Freeman. Jatangeline is played by Mackenzie Paulus. Hez is played by Torvald Tempestus. Arrangement, original music, and production by Paul Greenleaf. For more story, character details, production notes, and how to support Sonic Realms, please visit sonicrealmspodcast.com. To learn more about the world of Shadowrun, visit shadowrun.com and shadowruntabletop.com. The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to Sonic Realms to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Sonic Realms in any official capacity whatsoever. All other works mentioned in the podcast are the property of their respective owners. Original content of the Sonic Realms podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported and share-like license. If you use any part of the show, please credit Sonic Realms. And hey, thanks for listening.